Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners. Welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. My name is Michael, and I am really excited to bring you this episode today because we're continuing our long-running series on regions of the British Isles, or you might say English-speaking regions and countries, and we're continuing with Wales today. So in the past, we've looked at uh, Scotland. We had Teacher Ken to talk about Scotland. We looked at Ireland as well, uh, where we had Ronan to talk with us. And now we're going to Wales, the other nation of Great Britain. I'm joined today by Davith Morse. And the reason I had a difficulty pronouncing his name is because he has a Welsh name. And this kind of sound is really tough for me, but this is the Welsh version of the of the name David. So Davith kindly joined me uh, for a talk today about Wales, so his country where he's from, the language, the culture, travel tips. We covered so many different things. We also spoke about kind of re relationship between Wales and England, and there's a lot to get to here because many people might not realise the diversity of culture and language and history within this island, right, where I'm from. And it's, there's far more than just English people here, and there's many more languages than just English language. So we cover all of that today. I really hope you enjoy it. I should mention as well that at some points during the episode, we did have a connection issue, and I think this mostly affected me, where I had trouble hearing what Davith was saying. And it may have led to some awkward moments, simply because I couldn't quite hear what he said. However, because we have both sides of the audio, I think you should be able to hear it fine. So maybe you guys will not notice the bad connection, but just keep in mind that I had some bad connection. So if there are any awkward moments, maybe it's because I'm awkward, but maybe it's because of the connection, so just keep that in mind. As I say every episode, if you do have problems uh, following along with our conversation, you might be helped by the transcripts as well. So I have written a full transcript for this episode where you can see our full conversation and read along with what we're saying while you're listening. So some of you might find that helpful, and if you do, you can go to levelupenglish.school click on the members button and you'll have access to this transcript and every other transcript for all the episodes. So I hope that's useful for you. There'll also be a link in the show notes below if you want to have a look at that. But I won't delay any further because I'm looking forward to this chat. So let's get into our conversation now and I hope you enjoy it. Hello English learners, welcome back to the podcast. I am delighted to be joined today by Davis. Davis. David, uh, we, yes. We spoke before, I'm having problems with your name, but may, maybe rather than me butchering it anymore, could you give like an introduction of like who you are and how to pronounce your name and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, my name is David. I am a Welshman. I'm a Welsh speaker and all around la language lover, life lover. I like to learn and do anything I can. So yeah, pleasure to be here. 
Oh, yeah, okay. So maybe just to give a bit of an introduction to you and the listeners, like what I'm doing here, I've got like an ongoing series I've been doing for a while now where I'm like looking at different, uh, I would say, English speaking countries or regions of the British Isles or whatever you want to call it. Um, I've done in the past uh, Scotland and Ireland, kind of working my way around. And I thought Wales would be a good one now because I feel, you know, let me know your opinion, but I feel like Wales is often, maybe on, on an international level, a lot of people don't know so much about Wales compared to, say, Scotland, for example. Um, so I thought it would be great to shed some light on that. Yeah, Wales has certainly got a uh, branding problem on a global scale, that's for sure. We've got everything that Scotland and Ireland have got to offer. We've got history, we've got culture, we've got language, we've got excitement, uh, but we just don't tell anybody about it. Mm, Why do you think that is? (laughs) Uh, Great question. Why do I think uh, Wales has got a branding problem? I think it's partly a conscious decision and partly an unconscious decision. I think from... Our travel, uh, we went to Anglesey with uh, my family and uh, my wife's family on in the summer last year. And we went to some of the beaches along the kind of the uh, the clean peninsula, which is the arm bit. I don't know if you know what Wales looks like on a map, listeners, but uh, <laughs> Wales, <laughs> Wales got a little arm and a little head. And walking down the arm, you've got uh, places which basically shut to tourists so you're only allowed there if you're a local because they don't want all the tourists coming in and making the beaches unpleasant for um, people who live there um, I think it's partly a branding problem and partly a conscious decision not to be uh, shouting all of our greatness to the rest of the world so that we can keep it to ourselves (laughs) I like that. I like that. I didn't know about that. So how, how do they keep tourists out? How is that? How, how is just, that managed uh, there? So it's just like a uh, locals only places. So like mm. maybe memberships for local people. So the place we went, we went to a, a golf club and there was no like tourist members. It, you're only allowed to go to the restaurant or the bar if you were like a local, basically. Oh wow! Okay, interesting. Uh, I've been to Wales a little bit, but but not not that far reaching, you know, not to far reaching places. So um, I yeah. need to explore some more, I, I suppose. But I, I should mention, by the way, to to listeners especially, that I I came across you um, from Kirsten Cable from the Fluent Show, right? Because you, I, th- I believe, you're working with her with Welsh, and also you you appeared on her show as a guest recently. Yeah, so I recommend so, that to listeners. Yeah, we too. connected over Instagram. And I am her Welsh tutor um, for mm. some of her Welsh learning. And yeah, connected, became friends. And she invited me on the podcast. And it was a great uh, honor and privilege, um, as it is with you here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. But, but yeah, I, I, I imagine maybe we'll come back to like some Welsh language stuff later on. Um, although I, I do recommend to the listeners, maybe if they want to hear you and Kirsten talking a little bit more Welsh, like for longer sentences, maybe that podcast would be better than yeah, this one. Yeah, we did a bilingual episode. Maybe let's start with the basics, because I know there might be a lot of people who, around the world, they've maybe never heard of Wales. I mean, hopefully they have heard of it, but maybe they haven't. So 
First of all, where is Wales? Very basic question. It's a very basic question, very basic answer. Wales is in Europe, and that region of the world that we call Europe. Obviously, we're not in the European Union anymore, um, but it's a little country on the east side. No, wait, it's on the west side. A little country on the <laughs> west side of the United Kingdom. So it's right next to England and next to Ireland, and it's the country that you travel to Ireland from if you're going on the boat. Well, you certainly can do yeah, anyway. <laughs> I was actually planning that this year. We'll see if that actually happens. But I was yeah. planning that for the summer. So yeah, that could be a, maybe included in a future video, perhaps. Absolutely. Um, the map of Wales looks like a mother with her arm out protecting her children. So she's got her arm out and then she's got the head at the top and then she's got some legs at the bottom. So it's thin in the middle and then wide at the bottom. I have never noticed that but i'm gonna to have to have a look at a map later and, and see if i can i can spot what you're talking about maybe i'll put it in the show <laughs> notes as well <laughs> absolutely you, you mentioned before that wales is a country and i think this is something that many people get confused about um even you know people in britain right uh like is wales a country how is it different from england how is it different from the uk and it's a very complicated question in some ways but do you have any any way to answer that so it is a very very tricky question and it's not one that i've really given a lot of thought about answering because <laughs> i think of course wales is a country uh, why would it not be a country but then i had a little bit of a look on some of the dictionary definitions of a country and they are very wide ranging in what the dictionary calls a country uh, but wikipedia calls a country as a distinct territorial body or political entry, uh, entity. It may be an independent sovereign state or part of a larger state as a non-sovereign or formally sovereign political division, a physical territory with a government. So yes, we are a physical territory with a government and the Welsh government came out with a statement in 2008 saying, Wales is not a principality, Although we are joined with England by land and we are part of Great Britain, Wales is a country in its own right. So there we go. That's a statement okay. from the Welsh government. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's a country then. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of hard to define sometimes. I mean, as I understand it, um, let me know if I'm wrong, but I believe, I know Scotland has its own kind of parliament and things like that. Wales, is it not? quite the same maybe it's shared with london or am, am i wrong about that so similarly to scotland wales has its own devolved government so the devolved nature of the government means that some of the aspects of public life like health and education and agriculture are all determined by the welsh government so they're all determined in wales which is why during covid wales had separate health policies mm. to England. Um, so the government were making decisions on those things themselves. But there's some things that are um, not handed down, not devolved to the Welsh government. So I think something like finances, so we can't raise taxes. Um, the government can't raise taxes themselves. That has to be done through the parliament in Westminster. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's, Obviously, it's very different, but in some ways, perhaps, is it similar to how it works in the US, where you have like 
the US has this kind of federal law for the whole country, but each state also kind of has their own laws as well. Maybe it's somewhat similar, like there's some similarities, but also some differences. So, yeah, I mean, you could say there's a a similarity there. I'm not entirely um, sure of the federal and the state (laughs) laws. I don't know if you can, as a state, do something that's contrary to the federal law. I don't know if you can do that. Whereas um, the Welsh government... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the Welsh government can, obviously, and have uh, had different laws in terms of health issues and health, like keeping people safe from COVID and that kind of thing. So they, they're able to, they don't have to go via government, they don't have to go via Westminster to have that happen. So it's similar to Scotland. Oh, okay. I think Scotland have got more devolved areas of law than Wales, but essentially there are some things that we make our own rules regardless of what England say, and then some things that we we have, uh, you know, English and Welsh law, which is all together then. Yeah. Although I'm not an expert. Yeah, sure. I mean, I I don't expect you to be an expert in everything. I'm just getting someone you know knowledgeable that's knowledgeable on on this uh, topic to talk about it and um, more than me I, I think i should mention that for you and the listeners there's a shockingly well i, I know a shockingly low amount when it comes to my own country and neighbors um so i think one thing that's evident in the in this series is just my ignorance on different regions around around the, the island so um you have to forgive me if I ask any silly questions, but absolutely it's a good not. chance for me and the listeners to learn as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you're not sure about something, there's a good chance that somebody in China or Mexico might not know either. So, <laughs> no silly questions. Maybe one final, like, basic question is how how do you identify? Like, I put I put in my notes here: Do you identify as Welsh? Would you ever call yourself British? And I know the answer to this one, but would you ever call yourself English as well? <laughs> um, I identify as Welsh uh, through and through, even though my deeper, deepest, darkest secret, which is going to be publicly revealed to the world to listen to, is I was actually born in England. Um, so I was <gasps> born in England, <gasps> shock horror, and moved to Wales when I was must, must have been about six months old and have grown up in Wales my entire life with a father who speaks Welsh and a mother who is Welsh but doesn't speak or didn't speak Welsh when I was growing up. Um, So I I definitely identify as Welsh. I only identify as British when I have to, like on um, passports, applications and things like that. But yes, never, never English. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, do you think most Welsh people would be offended if they were called English? Uh, yes. <laughs> most most Welsh people would be offended if they were called English. And it depends on the politeness of the person, whether they would uh, pick up on that. Yeah. So I, I think that's an important distinction to make. There's, it's a bit confusing, but I think with some practice that the listeners could um, could see that. Um, I, th- I think it's somewhat similar in Cornwall. Of course, Cornwall is not considered to be a separate country, but there's still a lot of pride here, I think, similar to Wales and how um, 
there was like a recent movement in the you know last couple of decades perhaps to have more like options to put Cornwall or Cornish as your nationality. So mm. it's just like Cornish or English or something like that. Yeah. I think many people will opt for putting Cornish if it's possible, but of course most of the time um it's not the option. So um, Yeah. I, I can I could imagine from that point of view as well. When I was at school studying French, we went on French exchange and we went to Brittany. And it was really interesting to see the difference. Like all of us Welsh children would identify as Welsh rather than British. Um, But lots of the Breton kids would identify as French rather than Breton. They didn't see Breton as a as a thing that identified mm. them. So they were, they were more attached to the, you know, the identity of being French rather than Breton, which I thought was interesting. Mm. That is interesting. I, I wonder why that is because Bre- Breton is another Celtic region, isn't it? Yeah. Um, correct exactly. me if I'm wrong. But yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder if it's, I always get the sense there's maybe more of a sense of shame <laughs> sometimes of being associated with um british or something uh maybe because of some historical moments and things like that yeah maybe maybe yeah i i, I, don't I was know. too young to delve any deeper into it but it's certainly an interesting question and it's it's different from say like a region in spain the basque country where mm-hmm. you know they would identify as basque more than spanish and interestingly, and as a teacher, I've been involved with um, projects over in the Basque country with trilingualism in schools and things like that. And what struck me as a contrast between Wales and the Basque country is just the sheer number of Basque speakers compared to Welsh speakers. So percentage-wise, they are, you know, doing way better than Wales when it comes to percentage of speakers of the language. Mm, so Okay, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But Yeah, yeah very I, interesting maybe stuff. It, yeah, yeah. So, sorry if I'm talking over you. I should mention to the listeners as well. I don't think it will be obvious on the final recording, but for me, the connection's a little bit bad. So I might, we might be interrupting each other a little bit, but hopefully it's not, it's not too obvious. So you mentioned the language a little bit just now, and maybe this is a good opportunity to talk about the Welsh language, right? Because I think many people are surprised to hear the diversity of languages, the variety of languages around the British Isles, Um, not just accent and dialect, of course, but actual completely different languages too. So maybe a question on some people's mind is, is Welsh connected to the English language in any way? Is there any connection there? Um, Where does it come from? How is it different? So Welsh is actually not connected to the English language at all. Um, So there's no connection um, from the roots of both languages. As time has gone on, the dominance of English as um, the language of Britain, I guess, is having certainly having an influence on Welsh. And so there's much more, there's, Lots more Welsh Id- uh, English idioms finding their way into Welsh language, um, English words finding themselves, um, you know, into the Welsh language, and so it's it's definitely being affected 
by English and the dominance of English. Uh, but uh, initially, it, there was no relationship. So, um, Cymraeg is what we call the Welsh language in Welsh. Um, so, Cymraeg. 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 Yes, excellent. So, Cymraeg is a language which is uh, actually native to the British Isles. So, it's evolved from um, a, a Celtic language called Brythonic. So I don't know if you've covered that in any of your other podcasts with Cornish. I think Cornish is um, in the similar kind of family of languages um, that's kind of evolved from Brythonic. But it was kind of here around 600 BC. So it's around 600 BC that uh, the Romans first came and that's where kind of the Brythonic languages got its uh origin i guess is that right okay so it's very old and it's kind of so it's very um, old and yeah as you said i think cornish is like related closely yeah so cornish and scots gaelic and um irish gaelic all kind of evolved from this uh brythonic language which was spoken across the british isles and yeah there was other celtic languages that were spoken across the continent as far as turkey so that's a little bit of a fact. Wow, here. okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there are, there are records of poetry and writings in Welsh from the 7th century. And what's really fascinating is that they are not like not unchanged um, to today's Welsh, but certainly comprehensible in terms of the language hasn't changed that much in, you know, 1300 years so yeah really wow. interesting that's amazing yeah so i i imagine there's a lot of um history that you can see within the language right whereas if you mm. look at english for example if you go back that long ago it's practically incomprehensible right yeah it's, it doesn't sound like english anymore yeah um, so that that's kind of cool yeah yeah it's really that's interesting amazing. well could you share maybe a couple basic phrases then a couple of basic phrases like how do we say hello or thank you for example um hello is hello <laughs> you could just say hello um nice you, hello <laughs> yeah hello um a really common greeting is shumai so shumai basically means shumai like how's it going you know what's up that kind of thing so you can greet someone with shumai and they can either answer with how it's actually going or they can just say shumai back and then your conversation is you know your greeting is complete <laughs> so it's a little bit like the english you know all right all right, all right. yeah all right yeah. So kind of equivalent to that maybe yeah that is exact yes exactly right so yeah that's um that's a important word when you're meeting someone dioch is thank you and Kreuzer is you're welcome. So, you know, if somebody Kreu gives you something. Kreuzer? Kreuzer. Yeah, excellent. Kreuzer and Dioch. When I was at university, people would find out that I spoke Welsh and say, so I went to university in Canterbury, which is on the east side of England, which is basically as far east as you can get from <laughs> Wales. 
Um, and people were just surprised that Welsh actually was a language, that it existed. And they were surprised oh, wow. to find out that I actually spoke Welsh. And they'd always say, oh, say something in Welsh. And I got fed up of saying, Borada, which is good morning, Dioch, Kreisa. So <laughs> I uh, used to say, whenever people said, just say something in Welsh, I used to just launch into Bendigedig, you de Brasilvod, or Argloy, the Theoid, my Enide, and Hereithi, and the Hey, he that Lewig, I'm going to take that Argloy, which is the start of Psalm 84. Wow, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. what, what was that, sorry? It was the start of Psalm 84. So, uh, book wow, of the Bible amazing, of Psalms. mate. You've memorized yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> just, just for fun. Nice, nice. Yeah, and amazing, then... amazing. It, it's really fascinating to hear. Um, I, I wonder if anyone's wondering like, how it sounds to a native English speaker. And I don't know if you would agree with this, but as someone who knows basically no Welsh language, to, to me, it kind of sounds like how I imagine English would sound if you didn't understand it. So like when, when I hear someone speaking Welsh, it sounds like English. But when I listen carefully, it's like, wait, I don't understand it at all. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you get the same feeling or maybe not because you understand it fluently. Yeah, so obviously with um, with Welsh that doesn't happen, but um, I've seen a few YouTube videos of what would this sound like? What would different languages sound like if you didn't speak that language? And you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Whereas obviously if you're the native speaker of that language, you're like, that's that's nonsense. But yeah, yeah. It's yeah nice. I mean, I, I couldn't understand a word of what you said, but it's, it's interesting to try to hear parallels because I heard, as you said, it's it's very closely related. To related to the Cornish language. Um, and surprisingly, it doesn't sound as similar as I thought, but I think one one word I picked up on was, I forgot how you said it already, but how you said, um, was it good morning or something or good day? And Bora I think da. you said da, right? Yeah. Bora da. So da, I guess, means good, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely so, right. So that's the same in Cornish. That, that simple word is the same, but oh, great. the first part is totally different. <laughs> <laughs> in Cornish, it's like uh, difta. 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 Yeah, interesting because "dief" sounds a little bit like "dive," which is the Welsh word for day. So you could say "dief da," oh, okay, okay. which is like "good day." Okay, so that's very similar. That's very similar. Yeah. yeah. How, how is Welsh today then? Like the Welsh language is it widely spoken today? Obviously, you speak it, but if anyone's visiting Wales, like how common is it um, in the modern age? So it definitely depends on what area of Wales you go to. So the further west and the further north you get in the country, the more likely you are to hear Welsh round and about in the shops and what have you. Um, in the east, it's um, certainly not as common to hear Welsh spoken around. In Cardiff... Um, Interestingly, I grew up in West Wales and my wife is English. She's from Bath. And so when we moved to Cardiff, I was surprised at how little Welsh there was because it was compared to Carmarthen, which is my hometown. Um, it's just thinking, gosh, there's, there's so little Welsh around. And then my wife would say, gosh, I'm hearing Welsh everywhere. I didn't realize there were so many people that spoke it. So it's just a different reference point. Um, but yeah, roughly it's about 20% of the uh, population that speak Welsh, according to the census. I, d I haven't seen the 2021 data yet, actually. Um, I probably should check that out. But 
Yeah, twenty eleven. Do you think it's it's coming back or is it <laughs> is it declining slowly? Um, so it, I think the Welsh government are putting massive emphasis on trying to get more Welsh speakers. They've got a big target of a million Welsh speakers by twenty fifty, I think, which is a massive growth from what is probably roughly about 600,000. So 600,000 Welsh speakers at the moment across Wales. And yeah, so the government are really pushing Welsh education. So my daughter goes to a Welsh language primary school. So her entire education is in Welsh. And they so it's in Cardiff. And there's more and more English schools kind of getting numbers dwindling and the Welsh schools are kind of bursting at the seams because there's so much emphasis on Welsh education and I think there's more awareness of the fact that multiple languages is good for your cognitive ability and it's good for your social skills you know so having more languages is better and beneficial and I would go as far as to say the more languages the better um, but yeah, I think there's more and more understanding. Although, having said that, it's still there's a long way to go to educate people in terms of, you know, second language education, Welsh language education is, it's just a massive, like leg up for your child in life. Um, having two languages over one is just you know so much better. So yeah, it's it's on the on the up at the moment. I think the the real issue that the government and the Welsh language has is when people leave school, they unless they are specifically seeking out Welsh language jobs or Welsh language groups of friends or whatever, it's very easy to to lose that they just don't speak Welsh after they leave school. So Welsh language is Increasing amongst the school age population, but not necessarily in the general population. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I suppose it's hard to keep a language going when English is so widely spoken, and I, I guess there's no, as far as I understand, there's there's no need to to know Welsh um, in most areas. Um, and my experience when going to Wales was it's like. I hear it spoken by like old people in the pub, like old mm. old guys speaking it, but I didn't see it uh you know in every everyday language, everyday conversation it's it's in English, right? But I mean maybe that's because I'm English, so I have a very biased point of view. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's certainly certainly possible to get by in all of Wales without speaking a word of Welsh. Um but you know as as you and I both know, um having the ability to speak a second language is a really special thing. And it's something that we certainly in Britain kind of don't really consider much. It's not something that a lot of British people would really say, um, oh yeah, bilingualism is, is important because, you know, we'll just expect everybody to speak English. Um, but if you go you know, to the right places, you will hear Welsh much more widely spoken. And it's certainly possible as a Welsh speaker to conduct a lot of your life in Welsh. So I have friends who have geared up their lives towards just mainly interacting in Welsh. So they have uh, 
Welsh jobs, they speak Welsh at work, they have Welsh friends, they speak Welsh, you know, uh, with their families, and they socialise in Welsh, and yeah, they seek out Welsh doctors and Welsh dentists and that kind of thing. So it is possible to build a life which you mainly interact in Welsh, and it's just obviously much more challenging than going straight up English. Yeah, so so let, let's talk about travel for a second because I always encourage listeners, as much as I love London, you know, I'm living in London at the moment, I always encourage listeners to explore outside of London if and when they do come to the UK. And I think especially these regions like in the far west, like Wales, are amazing to go to. I, I've been a little bit, I've been to like Brecon and Snowdonia, um, but not too many places other than that. But where would you recommend people to go, um, apart from these kind of secret <clears throat> non-touristy places? But where would you recommend people visit if they if they can go to Wales? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I could just um, recommend all the rubbish places and uh, <laughs> <laughs> offend some people by sending them to Portalbert. Sorry if you're listening from Portalbert. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, no, I'll, I'll I'll tell you the truth, the, the lovely places to go. So I I absolutely love being in Pembrokeshire and I absolutely love being in Anglesey. So they are the westernmost points, both south and north. And yeah, they're just beautiful beaches. Um, you know, in the north, we've got mountains and in the south, we've got like farms and open fields and it's really beautiful stunning place to go so yeah Pembrokeshire and Anglesey is where I would recommend and I would recommend Mm. in terms of um, if you really want to get into the culture come and visit the Eisteddfod so the Eisteddfod is a big Welsh festival which happens every year in the first week of August and it kind of moves around from north to south so it's never in the same place I say never it, you know it, it moves around it's not, not in the same place every year and it's basically a collection of all of Welsh culture put together so we've got um, poetry we've got singing we've got dancing we've got competition we've got um, music we've got all sorts of um, stuff, anything cultural that's to do with Wales, you'll find it at the Estevod. And yeah, it's just a week long festival where people can come and go and yeah, meet people from all parts of Wales, chat to people. There's a there's a learner's tent. So there's uh yeah, great great places to get involved. Excellent. Yeah, I haven't heard of that, but I would like to visit myself. I, I, maybe I should plan that. I was going to ask you about a good time to visit, but maybe maybe August then will be a good time. So yeah, perhaps. first but week of reason, August. Maybe it's a bit warmer. Yeah, I mean, guaranteed it's going to rain. Guaranteed. <laughs> because it always does. It always rains in the Estadford week. It's just one of those things about Wales. So if you want a slightly nicer time of year for weather-wise, maybe come in you know, June. June, enjoy the beaches. Mm. It's a bit wet and miserable and cold in the winter in the Northern Hemisphere. So any time from, you know, kind of August through to April probably is miserable. Depends what you're used to. I I know I've got 
a lot of listeners from Saudi Arabia and they're hearing okay. like, you know, cold, wet, and they think, oh, that sounds amazing. But yeah, for us, it's just, <laughs> it's miserable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to come and, you know, walk around the coast in three degrees and driving rain, great. Come and visit. Soggy, soggy feet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Although it is a great feeling when you go out and you come back and you have a cup of tea and a Welsh cake and a piece of barra breath. And it's a, just a feeling of enjoyment of I've conquered the weather. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I, I get the same feeling. So, so today, you know, as we're recording, it's, it's gloomy and cold and rainy. And I'm planning <laughs> to go for maybe a bike ride or a, a walk this afternoon. And I, I'm fully expecting it to be miserable and horrible but i know when i come back i'm gonna make a coffee it's gonna be all worth it like absolutely i've come back i've, I've made it home it's a good feeling <laughs> yes how, how, do, do you think that wales in terms of like the landscape and i don't know what else like architecture uh that kind of stuff is it, is it very different to the rest of like england for example i think it's it's quite varied there's a lot of um, mountains and slate in the north and um, all along the coast you've got beautiful beaches you've got some really barren hilly bits in the middle so the middle of wales not very densely populated at all because nobody wants to live there <laughs> because there's just so much effort to get anywhere um you know it's it's uh hard to make a living living in mid wales um it's quite barren in places. But then, yeah, you've got some big cities, you know, Cardiff, Swansea, Carmarthen, Carnarvon, um, big cities which, you know, if you're into the city life, you can have a, a good time, um, which, yeah, mm -hmm. I wouldn't, wouldn't say is a lot different to the rest of the UK. Um, yeah, if you've... I mean, I think it's, it's more beautiful <laughs> in many places, um, <laughs> but I'm biased. And certainly the architecture yeah. is not as stunning, not as special. <laughs> okay, okay. Historically, it... I think, well, Wales has had a lot less money than England. And so you don't get mm. the beautiful, uh, you know, Cotswolds type feel that you might get. You know, you don't get so many stunning big houses and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's more like we, we'll just build what we can afford to build which is less. Okay, I see. Yeah. I mean, in my experience of, my limited experience of going to Wales, it's, I can't quite put my finger on what it is, but the countryside definitely looks different. Um, mm. I think it's very, very beautiful, of course. It's just so, something that's very different from where I've been in England. Um, maybe one part is, like, places I've been to are quite mountainous. So as, as mm. you said, um, you know, a lot of England, especially in the, in the South, is very flat. Mm. Um, and, there's you know some of the tallest mountains maybe excluding scotland on the island or in wales right there's quite quite a few um nice mountainous areas which i think are really beautiful to visit yeah absolutely yeah i mean you you, you might see like pictures of the highlands in scotland um very beautiful i think the word that i'd use to describe a lot of wales is rugged it's it's not well kept it's not um it's just kind of nature doing its thing 
um, as opposed to somewhere. I mean, I spent a lot of time in Kent in the east of England, and there's a lot of... Yeah, that's where uh, I live, yeah. Okay, so yeah, there's a lot of kind of controlled man-made beauty, orchards, um, you know, oast houses, beautiful pubs, um, you know, countryside, which is kind of well-kept, you know, the borders are clearly defined, and it's quite, you know... It's, it's beautiful in its own way, but I think Wales is a kind of rugged um, feel to it. Mm, okay, so much, much more natural, much more rugged. Okay, that's good to know. It's good to know. Um, maybe one last thing we can touch on is is culture. Mm. Um, this is much more abstract, <clears throat> but I, I wondered if like you have anything to say on like the the mindset of Welsh people, maybe how it might be different to you know a Londoner, for example. Um, I don't know if the relationship, it's kind of two questions, I suppose, but relationship between Welsh people and English people as well, how how that is in your in your point of view. Yeah. Do you sure. have anything to say on that? Yeah, I think in general, wherever you go in Wales, you will find people who are friendly, who are hospitable, and who are humble. Um we don't like to think too much of ourselves. Um, although you know, we like to think as a nation that we're better than England. Um, just, <laughs> um, I think it's it's almost like a subconscious thing, which is part of culture growing up as a child. Seeing England as this like mean old big brother who bullies us and he used to bully us um, throughout <laughs> history, and so we have this kind of animosity uh, towards the English and the English. Um, in, you know, typically for somebody who's uh, doing much better socially, politically, economically, whatever, they don't really think about the relationship that much. <laughs> so it's something that Welsh people obsess about, mm-hmm. um, obsessed about, you know, their relationship with England. And it, it's summed up in a song uh, which you can easily find on YouTube by typing in, I hate English rugby, which is... <laughs> So uh, yeah, I'll link to that. I'll link to that. Yeah, I hate English rugby is a a song which kind of sums up our feelings towards um, the English. <laughs> mm, okay. Think, yeah, generally it's people are very welcoming. Yeah. But um, especially if you speak, you know, if you make an effort to say, you know, Shemai Borada, make an effort to do a little bit, as with probably most cultures, you know, if you make an effort with a language, people are. Yeah, happy to like, mm. oblige. I think oh, okay. probably. So, what so do you think it's did. the same in Cardiff? Um, I think what London is to the rest of England, Cardiff is to Wales. So I don't know if that helps <laughs> you or any of your listeners to kind of gauge that relationship. So, um, I think Londoners think of themselves as better than the rest of England. And certainly um, people who live in Cardiff think of themselves as better than the rest of Wales. Um, I don't know if there's any legitimacy to any of that, but that's just the vibe that I get. <laughs> mm, okay. So I, I suppose if you said Shemai to someone in Cardiff, it, it, it depends on who they are. You know, they, they might yeah. not know any Welsh, perhaps. Yeah, so you'd, 
there's there was a big um, push a number of years ago by the Welsh government, which was Dechreuch Bob Skursen Gamraig, which basically means start every conversation in Welsh. And then if you start every conversation in Welsh, um, at least the other person then says, oh, no, I'm sorry, I don't speak Welsh. And then you can carry on and you've not lost anything. Um, whereas if they do speak mm. Welsh, you might not know that they speak Welsh and you kind of have this moment of being able to share a moment speaking Welsh that you wouldn't have otherwise have had if you'd started your default conversation to be started in English. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. Okay. There we go. So, so okay, that, that's good to know for me as well. So maybe I, I could give it a go. And Yeah. I, I mean, my, I mean, my worry is always like, I don't want to seem like this stupid, almost like foreigner. Like I, I am a foreigner in some sense, aren't I? Um, that I'm using the language when no one knows it, for example. <laughs> yeah, so you, you'd probably be best off in that situation uh, finding out a little bit about the person and finding out whether they do speak Welsh. And when you find out that they do speak Welsh, that's when you launch in with your best Shumai, Dwindusky Kamraig. I'm learning Welsh. Um, but yeah, you maybe mm. maybe well, wouldn't I'll, want I'll to start reciting the psalms. <laughs> yes, reciting the psalms. You might not <laughs> want to start a conversation in Welsh um, if yeah, if you're just visiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Um, by the way, do you have? I've got one more like segment planned, but it depends on mm. your free time. Do you have an extra ten minutes now? Yeah, I've got an extra ten minutes. No worries. So I also have a private podcast um available to a smaller audience of, of my members and i on that podcast i like to talk to my guests just for 10 minutes at the end on like a different random topic yeah um i didn't prepare you for this but i wondered if we could practice some maybe kind of two questions one is uh, any slang or kind of interesting words in the welsh language and i the other half of the question was any how can I say it? Like, it's Welsh slang in the English language. So maybe, like in, for example, Scotland, you might say, "I'll have a wee bit of that." Like they will say "wee" to mean little, but yeah. it, it's within the English language, right? So I wonder if yeah. you have anything similar in in Wales as well. If you want to hear the rest of this question, then check out my private podcast. Okay, back to the main episode. Perhaps before we do say goodbye would you like to let people know where they can find out more about you if people want to connect with you if people want to find you on social media for example like what what do you want to shout out yeah sure i mean it's probably uh not you know what your audience are really after but i have a personal finance youtube channel so if you search for david morse on youtube i've got a personal finance youtube channel there i've got uh instagram david morse which uh, I don't do a lot with business-wise, um, but uh, yeah, I'd like to in the future. And uh, what else? I, I do have a podcast, Life to the Full. Um, it's got 11 episodes, but I haven't produced any more episodes since last year, January. So uh, something to be revived. What's the podcast about? Life to the Full. So it's basically about how to live life to the full. Um, so there Amazing. are... Yeah, there are like five areas of life which are vital to kind of live a good life. You need a good um, financial health, physical health, mental health, spiritual health, and relational health. 
So if you've got health in all those five areas, then you're, you're doing well, you're living a good life. So just trying to encourage That's, people I, to I, live I the best that. life. That sounds interesting. Yeah, well, there we go. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, amazing. Life to the full. I do really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today because as, as I said, maybe in my original message to you, like a lot of the audience are not, you know, they're, they're not maybe your normal audience. I've got a lot of English learners and it's a little bit different for you, but I, I really think it's been very useful to learn a bit about uh, about Wales and hear from an expert such as yourself. And I'm sure the listeners have enjoyed it too. So I really appreciate your time. No, thanks for having me on. It's a absolute pleasure to to be on. And yeah, I love doing this kind of stuff. Just sharing my passion for Wales and helping people enjoy life. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, great to meet you today and hopefully see you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Michael. See you soon. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.